This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create change in the world every day. Keep listening for actionable tips and tricks to incorporate eco-friendly practices into your daily life. We've been featured by Apple as the number one podcast for conscious consumers, and we can't wait to welcome you into our community of changemakers. I'm your co-host, Laura Alexander-Wittig, co-founder of Brightly.eco, the new platform for conscious consumers. We believe in supporting all creatures, great and small, and our team of experts shows you how to consume and shop responsibly by recommending world-changing products, brands, and more. To read show notes from Good Together and to browse all of the world-changing goodness that we feature, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. Also, to help us spread the word about the podcast, tap on this episode and share Good Together with your friends and family. A simple text message helps us grow and create change around the world. This episode is brought to you by Diamond Nexus. They say that diamonds are a girl's best friend, but are they really the planets? As jewelry lovers ourselves, Lisa and I are excited to recommend a sparkly and ethical option. Diamond Nexus creates gorgeous, lab-created diamond simulates that cost up to 80% less than mine diamonds, so you can wear a guilt-free statement piece the next time you're out on the town. Good Together listeners can get an additional 5% off ethically made lab-created diamond simulants with code GOOD5 at diamondnexus.com slash goodtogether. When people ask us what the number one most impactful thing they can do for the earth as a consumer is, Lisa and I usually respond by saying, buy fewer, better things. Look, this answer is simple in theory, but in practice can be much, much harder to stick with. The entire modern consumption cycle is out of control, and the less you buy, the less waste you're creating. There are lots of other benefits to cutting back purchasing items in one or more areas of your life, whether you're looking to save up some extra cash or want to help save marine wildlife by reducing the amount of plastic you throw in the trash. In this episode, Lisa and I will go over various challenges you can join, 20 in 2020, anybody? And we'll also give you actionable ways to actually put a curb on your spending for the sake of the planet and for the sake of your sanity. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Laura. Excited to dig into the next sustainability topic with you today. Yes. So we're talking about how we can all buy less today. Buying less is really one of the, might be the most impactful thing that you can do to help the planet. Um, and specifically, we've heard from a lot of people who have actually decided to take up challenges um, around not buying things for a, even a whole year. So really, really thrilled to get into this. Yeah, and we'll break it down for you. So don't fear. Uh, we want to be realistic. And, um, you know, if you can't commit to buying nothing this whole year, it's okay. Exactly. Uh, but before we dig into this topic, I wanted to give a shout out to one of our listeners. Uh, we have a growing community. Um, 
um, uh, both on our Instagram, but also on our Facebook group. If you haven't checked it out, it's called Good Together Ethical Shopping and Lifestyle. You can simply search it in the Good Together uh, in the Facebook search bar, or uh, we will also include it in the show notes as well. So shout out today goes to Jennifer Bordin, um, and here's what she said. I was listening to the Brightly podcast this week with my friends while hanging out. I live in a dorm and I had friends coming in and out of my room and asking questions. We kept pausing it to talk about what it meant. 10 out of 10 recommend not only this podcast, but sharing with your like-minded friends. We can't wait for the next week. Thank That's you, so Jennifer. cool. Yeah, this is our dream come true. It absolutely made our day, if not a week. So here's what we would like to ask you. Um, if you're enjoying our Good Together podcast or this specific episode, the biggest thing that you can do to help us spread the word is just sharing with friends just like Jennifer did, either talking about uh, our podcast in your next happy hour session or girls get together, or you can simply text this um, link to a specific podcast episode right from your favorite podcast listening app. Um, text it to your friend or a group message, uh, group of friends uh, in your messenger, and it will hugely, hugely help us spread the word. So thank you, Jennifer, and thank you for our growing community. Yeah, thanks so much, Jennifer. That's that's awesome. It's a great story. I think um, how cool would it be if people can get um, groups together, almost like book clubs, right, mm-hmm. to talk about podcast episodes. That's yeah. such an interesting idea. I love it. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're always listening for your feedback, both in the Facebook group uh, or in Instagram DMs, or we're here at hello at brightly.eco. Uh, please, we're looking for your feedback and we're building this community together with you. So don't forget about that. Absolutely. Well, let's hop into today's yeah. episode, um, which is called How to Buy Nothing for an Entire Year. Uh, like we said mm-hmm. earlier, that's a bit on the extreme side, but we wanted to kind of talk about a bunch of different challenges that have come up, um, you know, on social media, etc. Like, I don't know about you, but I feel like every day I'm browsing Facebook or Instagram. And one of the people that I follow is talking about some kind of challenge they're participating in. Yep. Right? So um, a lot of these, because we're in the new year right now, are yep. focused on simplifying and sort of decluttering, cleansing. We're getting into spring cleaning time. So I'll probably see more about that. I think we have some cool content coming out about spring cleaning for Brightly soon. Um, But yeah, I just think we were really inspired by seeing this movement of people who have like taken kind of this drastic stand to say, I'm not going to buy anything for a whole year. Yeah. So what do you think about that? Like, uh, maybe we can start here. And I have to say, I probably I won't be able to accomplish this goal. So uh, we don't want you to be overwhelmed by these super ambitious goals, which is a, it's amazing if some people can actually accomplish it. And one caveat for this will be uh, not buying anything new, right? Yes. So uh, that's one step to making it less, uh, less scary for you. Like if you can commit to not buying anything new, but you can buy a ton of amazing stuff secondhand thrifting um you know we have crossroads store here in san francisco uh we have uh, buffalo exchange right obviously goodwill is all around the country country and i'm sure you have um other local hand, secondhand stores uh, no matter where you are in the u.s or around the world but also m- maybe we can give a plug uh, to the whole clothing swap ideas yeah absolutely and i think um, we're going to, you know, talk a little bit more about actionable ways to get involved in these in a little mm-hmm. bit. So I think that's one way to do it. Um, but maybe let's talk a little bit about like specific challenges that people yeah. have been doing so that people can look those up later. So 
One I think that I've heard a lot of recently this year is the concept of 20 in 2020 challenge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So basically this means you're only going to consume 20 new items in specific categories. So I've seen this applied to uh, book uh, literary clubs. So people who are like avid book readers, they're committing to only buy 20 books. Now, I think this probably has a bit more to do with physical books because I feel like yeah. you're buying ebooks and, and digital books. I don't really know what the harm yeah. would be there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, other people have taken it to mean clothing. So only buying 20 new pieces of clothing this year. And I mean, I'm, you could just extrapolate that to whatever you like to buy, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything consumable and anything that you, you know, you, non-consumable, I have to say, yeah, non-consumable. Yeah. yeah. That's creates the most impact. So uh, I think that sounds pretty reasonable, actually, if you can, again, if you have the caveat of like buying only 20 new things. Exactly. Um, I mean, I feel like a great way to start would be Think about what you find yourself buying over and over again that is non-consumable. Yep. It's like maybe, again, you're addicted to makeup um, and you find that you're always buying a ton of makeup and maybe you don't even get through the next one because you just consume all the time. And that's okay. Like, again, we're not here to shame, but it might be a really interesting thought exercise for you to um, you know, take a step back. And actually, me personally, I um, got into the concept of a capsule wardrobe a few years ago. I'll talk a little bit more about that, my whole journey about that in a little bit. But um, I think for me, it was a lot easier to say, okay, I'm going to start with a set number of pieces per season, and I'm only going to layer on areas where I feel like I don't have additional clothes. So that made me feel better. Um, I know actually another one I want to shout out to is um, so there's a, a, a lady named Emily Lay, um, L-E-Y. She does these beautiful planners. Um, I, I think they're called the Simplified Planner. That's her. That's her company. Very popular. And she actually inspires people to do a simplified challenge once a year. So she we'll, we'll link to that in the show notes. But she's got some really great prompts for helping you declutter. Mm. Cool. And I also, if you, if you're stuck as me on like numbers and challenges for you to do, uh, another thing that I've heard around the web uh, is called Project 333. Uh, basically, it says uh, 30 pieces, 33 items in three months. Wow. So I, it's a little bit more uh, kind of probably digestible, especially if you're talking of 33 items. Uh, new items that still it sounds very very easy to do but basically it's kind of mini capsule wardrobe but for the three months which is kind of like seasons as well okay uh, that is much more easy to do uh, the website's called bemorewithless.com and I think uh, Courtney is the author she just released the book also project 333 okay um, yeah and so again, whatever number you choose, um, I think it's fun to participate in call uh, in the challenges because you are joining the group and you're interacting with each other, you're helping each other, you know, stay accountable. Uh, but there is no right num uh, number uh, or goal. Uh, yep. For you to decide uh, uh, for yourself and even if you don't hit the goal it's like you know reach for uh, the moon even if you don't reach it you uh, land among the stars kind of like this way it's the important thing is change the way you think about the consuming new products and then you know starting implementing small changes in your everyday life exactly just figure out what works for you and actually that kind of leads us into um, our next thought, which is, okay, so you've heard about um, a few examples that we provided. And of course, do your own research, check out what's trending on Instagram or with your friend group. 
But once you maybe get into the challenge world, maybe like you, you like, I'm sorry, like us, you'll understand we got really deep into this and understood there's so, so many challenges. So actually, how do you pick one? Like Visa, let's say like I've got like 10 listed, like how should, how should I pick one? 10 different challenges? Yeah. Um, I think, I think it's, I think the, the start is your personal consumption and I wanted, um, I, we didn't, don't have it in the show notes, but we'll include it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> the thread up, uh, fashion impact quiz. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, I think the, every challenge, every, uh, kind of step towards, uh, implementing more sustainability in your everyday life starts with you where you are right now. Yeah. So I did that thread up quiz and uh, it said that like I'm on the lower end, I'm super environmentally conscious and I'm, and I'm pretty sure I did not give the right answers because like, I don't actually know at least quite yet how many, um, um, how many, uh, what's it called? How many actual new pieces I buy every single uh, month or a few months. Yeah. So, the starting point should be the um, where you are right now. So if you're buying, for example, I don't know, 100 new pieces per year, uh, probably even 20 new pieces might be challenging for you and definitely not buying anything new. So Absolutely. know your reality and that will be your starting point. That's how you choose the right number for you. Yeah, know your reality and also know the goals of the people who are doing these various challenges yep. and identify with the goal that makes that appeals the most to you. So there's a bunch of different goals that we found yeah. as we were going into these, these challenges. One goal that kept coming up over and over again, which is, you know, both a great thing and also an amazing sort of side benefit to a lot of these other challenges mm -hmm. is the goal of saving money. Yeah. So if you, um, you know, are looking to save up for a big purchase, maybe pay down some student loans or whatever your um, financial goals are. These um, buy less challenges. Uh, sorry, challenges actually lead to spending uh, less money. Like, how cool is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a no-brainer. Same thing as buying secondhand. Like, one thing you will uh, find out again, maybe start uh, try to estimate how much you are spending on new clothes every month uh, or every year, and uh, it will be a whopping number, I'm sure. Um, and even for me, so like saving money is a great motivator, I think, for everyone. Yep. Um, another goal that people mention is reducing clutter. So that's where you get into a lot of these minimalist challenges. Um, so actually, that's how I started getting into um, capsule wardrobes specifically. And when I actually moved to the Bay Area, Lisa and I are based here in San Francisco, I moved to this, this area about five years ago. And I had my husband, our giant golden retriever, and then a lot of years of things that had accumulated mm -hmm. in our lives. My husband, especially, I love him to death. He's a little bit of a hoarder when it comes to hobbies. So he'll like find a new hobby, get all the gear. And then he kind of moves on when he gets bored. And anyway, um, you know, I, I love to give him a shout out in terms of he does get a lot of that on Craigslist. So he's not necessarily buying new things, which is great, but he's yeah. also like adding to our storage load. So anyway, what we ended up doing was got out here uh, to the Bay Area, quickly realized how expensive the cost of living is here, which is, you know, it's very high here in San Francisco. It's also really high anytime you're in a big city. Um, we had actually moved from a, um, we're from Texas originally, which has a little bit of a lower cost of living. So based on where we had been in our life before, we hadn't really thought about storage as a reflection of um, like co the cost benefit, that yep. we cost benefit analysis that we're doing. So we get out here to the Bay Area and quickly realize that really the only thing we could afford at the time was 
like a 500 square feet apartment, which is pretty small when you think about two people in a giant golden retriever yeah. and all of this stuff. So what we ended up having to do was we pared everything down extremely um, from a minimalist perspective. And then we actually had to still get a storage unit to house kind of all this hobby related yep. things. And I remember we probably went to that storage unit, I don't know, a few times in the course of the year. And that was a great exercise for us to understand, wow, like maybe most of the stuff in here, we need to just go ahead and get rid of um, and exactly. put it on Craigslist, right? Yeah. So like, I just moved to a new apartment and I, I don't have uh, hobbies that require a lot of storage, but um it's been a few months and again, I'm not the most organized person by far, but I literally just like put aside uh, a big chunk of my closet and I put like actually hang up probably like 10 pieces and that's all I've been wearing essentially. That's so, awesome. And th that kind of, that just gives you the perspective, like you probably don't need most of your, um, most of your closet space. And exactly. And I mean, you know, the, another goal of people is to just live with less in general, yeah. or, you know, to take the Marie Kondo perspective, you want to spark joy with everything that's in your house. And I love that you just mentioned your apartment because I feel like Oftentimes, I know you on um, the apartment you moved to was a little bit bigger than the one you were last in. And same thing went for me and my husband. We actually moved into a house here and had all this new storage. One thing we want to throw out there is like, don't feel like you have to fill up every square inch of your space just because you get more space, right? I think we have this tendency to like, feel like we've got to, you know, make sure there's furniture in every corner and things like that. But I don't know, maybe take your time when you move into these places, um, sit with the space, figure out what's going to make sense for you, get on Craigslist, et cetera. Um, because I think that's, you know, it's, it's a big deal. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what's the next one? Um, well, let's talk about fighting decision fatigue, right? Sure. And yeah. Oh, again, it's kind of goes together with like freedom with less, uh, or with le having less and owning less. And yeah, it's actually also like fighting the decision fatigue. That's one of my favorite topics. Uh, here in the Bay Area, there are a few articles about um, how like a lot of successful CEOs, such as Steve Jobs, uh, Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg, and even uh, fashion icon and designer like Donna Karan, they have this uh, kind of wardrobe staples that they always wear and um you know they the what uh, what they love to do is like they literally have the same outfit and that's what they wear every single day so they don't have in the morning they don't have to think about what they're gonna wear yeah and kind of have been um my thinking too i'm not a huge fashionista and yeah just to have a staple uh that um sitting there and I know I'm going to wear at the same time a combination of shirt and t-shirt or blouse and a jeans. Um, and that's it. That's enough. That actually simplifies your life because Absolutely. there's so many decisions that we have to make during uh, a course of one day. So like if you, you know, let's focus on the important things, uh, sure. you know, fashion and outfits is important for you. That's amazing. But just again, decide for yourself what's important for you. For me, uh, that's not as important. So if I can just simplify and, um, subtract one decision uh, from my every day, that's a huge win for me. Um, so yeah, that's again, that's interesting that, you know, that's both successful people on the like business side, but even like designers like Donna Karan, you yep. know, are introducing this. And yeah, for some people, they create 10 core pieces, uh, others again, 33 pieces for a season. So again, see what fits you. I think that's kind of the main, um, the main, advice for this episode. It's all about you and where you are at. Yeah. And I mean, I think the final, um, 
you know, point we wanted to get across around picking different reasons to do a challenge is advocacy. So there's a lot of people who choose to make a stand with their lifestyle by taking on a challenge. So one way you could do that is if you are really passionate about reducing plastic waste um, and you want to send a message to your friends and family to kind of get them to understand, you know, why you're doing this, you can do things like a zero waste challenge where you go a whole year trying to, um, you know, create as little trash as possible. I've seen a few photos of people who have been able to like reduce their trash down to a fitting into a mason jar, which is crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I know a lot of our listeners are vegans and I think a lot of people choose to be vegan because they want to take a political stand and make sure that they are um, advocating for animal welfare. So again, if this is part of your personality, go ahead, like feel free to take on the challenge and send a message to people that know you. I think it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's important when talking about advocacy, same as like donating to charities, uh, that's kind of like side, uh, side argument, but you can be shy about things that you stand for, about you donating to charities or whatever you're doing. Um, but for me, I have always been a, a big believer into actually sharing about it, not in, not in the sense that you want to boast about how amazing you are and how environmentally conscious you are or whatnot. But uh, again, if we can inspire just one more person to take the right steps towards sustainability, that's huge. That's why I always encourage people to not be shy and actually talk about the issues that they care about. Absolutely. That's how you inspire people. And that's, I think, the whole idea of the challenges are, right? Exactly. Like it really creates this um, social buzz about, about very uh, important and good causes. Hey, Laura. I was talking to your mom the other day, and she mentioned your birthday was coming up. She's thinking about getting you a piece of jewelry, but she knows it's hard to find something that looks great and is ethically made. And I was like, haven't you been listening to our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I know how she feels. It's honestly been a challenge for me to reconcile my love of diamonds with the fact that they're not always from sustainable sources. So I was really excited when we started partnering with the creators of a new way to wear gorgeous jewelry without the guilt. Diamond Nexus is the creator of the Nexus Diamond Alternative, a sparkly ethical option that costs up to 80% less than mine diamonds. That's amazing. I'm sure your mom will be glad to give you a gift that is kind to the planet and to her wallet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you're looking for an affordable, ethical piece of jewelry, we've got you covered. Good Together listeners can get an additional 5% off their purchase, even the pieces on sale, with code GOOD5 at diamondnexus.com slash goodtogether. Okay, so this episode is called How to Buy Less. So let's get into how you can actually get involved in these challenges and even how to make your own if you don't find one that, um, you know, speaks to you. Yeah. So I'll get us started um, about my capsule wardrobe challenge that I did a few years ago. And another benefit of actually taking on a challenge is even if it's for a month or a year or whatever time frame, you will find yourself, if you are committed to the challenge, you'll find yourself taking on that same type of discipline and using it for years to come. So Mm -hmm. I actually did the official capsule wardrobe challenge, I want to say about four years ago, and I still to this day... Um, kind of go through the same thought process before I buy a piece of clothing, whereas before I never used to have that. So don't forget to use challenges to kind of help inspire you um, just even even when the challenge is over. So yeah, so capsule wardrobes, if you're not familiar with the concept, essentially it involves taking a few amount of pieces, like Lisa was saying, so like 10 pieces, 20 pieces, 
whatever um, you find you can get the most outfits out of. Um, and you do this on a seasonal basis. So you get all your pieces together and you try to create as many outfit combinations as you can within you know, that, that library of 20 pieces, say. And so I found um, one of the things I noticed was I was already kind of doing this and you'll find like, go first gravitate to what you wear all the time because yep. you know, it fits you, you know, the color looks good. Start with those foundational pieces and then start to build in pieces that look similar. So you're looking for pieces that are in the same color palette um, that potentially have the same type of silhouette and, and feel. Um, this isn't really going to work if you have to do a lot of like, um, you have to go to a lot of formal events, like, you know, that probably wouldn't fall into your capsule wardrobe. But anyway, this is designed to do this day-to-day -day look, help you with decision fatigue, all of that. Um, so anyway, I did that. I think I did 20 pieces for the spring-summer um, time period. So basically, they're typically structured twice a year where you do like a spring-summer, fall-winter. You mm -hmm. kind of have to figure out what's best based on where you live. In yeah. the Bay Area, our weather's kind of weird, so you had to be a little bit flexible. But I found that I took those 20 pieces. I actually, um, I'm a big nerd. Into, I went into Photoshop and I like figured out, I took pictures of things and kind of did it from a visual perspective. You can also do this easily by going to Pinterest and just maybe mm. pinning photos of things that might not be your exact piece, but get your inspiration Something going. Similar, yeah. Something similar. Um, and then I think there's a, quite a few people, I didn't do this, but there's quite a few people that will um, purchase outfit guides that so someone will like go and curate a specific look basically and then you can purchase that ebook from them and either purchase the items that they're recommending or maybe look through your closet to see what and you got. so those outfit guides are they uh tailored to you exactly or it's more generic it's more generic um mm -hmm. and i think but that's a good you know lisa that that makes me think of yeah like, maybe you could in help uh, enlist the help of a personal stylist um if you if the budget allowed or something yeah like you needed help with me, I'm I'm less organized than you are. I'm less creative, I think, in the fashion space. So this, I think, I like I can advocate for people who are similar to me. This is why I haven't jumped on any of these challenges or capsule wardrobe trends. But yeah, I think one time that um, I um, got rid of a lot of all my stuff from the closet was with the help of a personal stylist. at one, and yeah. then when we uh, when. Uh, shopping uh, secondhand at um, Crossroads here down the road. Uh, that was the only time when I was able to buy a lot of really cool pieces um, from that store because I usually just get overwhelmed from all the choices and I'm just in <laughs> incapable <laughs> of selecting good pieces. So yeah. if you're like me, uh, I think it's it was worth for me spending like a few hundred dollars or if it's just maybe it's your friend who loves shopping. Well, yeah, that's uh -huh. a good point, right? Like unless the help of a friend, unless the help of a personal stylist, if you can afford it, you can also go into, um, you know, some of the bigger department stores like Nordstrom, oh, they have true. free personal styling um, assistance. And I think a lot of boutiques are offering that now. So anyway, bottom line is if you don't feel as fashionably inclined, don't worry just get the help um, of somebody else. So yeah, yeah. so anyway, um, fast forwarding, I actually did the capsule wardrobe challenge for a full spring and summer and I loved it. Like it to me was just very transformative and it's actually something that I talk about when people ask uh, me why I started Brightly. Mm -hmm. To me, the capsule wardrobe experience really kicked that off for me because I was A, able to kind of reset my thinking when it came to buying a piece of clothing. So rather than thinking, oh, this is going to be a cute piece that I'll wear a little bit. I mm -hmm. actually, every time I went through to buy something during that time period, 
it was only going to be if it was one of my 20 pieces and was something that fit into this larger um, outfit category. I also didn't have decision fatigue, which was great. I noticed I looked at all these pictures of myself in that time period. And I feel like I looked a lot more put together because mm -hmm. I didn't have to figure out how to make yeah, outfits the all the time on the fly. I already kind of had them mapped out. That's again, why some of those guides can help too. Um, and then finally, I was able to join a community and that's one of the tips we have for you. Um, we'll talk about it in just a second, but join a community around the challenge. So for me and for, I think for quite a lot of people, the, the concept of joining the community was around finding a specific hashtag on Instagram and mm -hmm. posting outfit pictures, or at least posting like text updates. Oh, I love um, that. Sometimes there's Facebook groups that go along with these. Um, sometimes they've got other areas. We're actually developing a place on Brightly for people to come together and do these types of things. But regardless of where your community is, don't forget to join them and make friends. I actually made a ton of new friends in the Bay Area because I would use hash the hashtag that was applicable to the capsule I was doing. And then I would find people in the area. So it was really fun. And actually, I'm about to relocate to LA. Brightly just got into a big accelerator program, which we're going to share a little bit more about later. Um, but I am finding myself really wanting to get this capsule wardrobe stuff down ASAP so I don't have to take a bunch exactly. of stuff with me for three months. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, maybe I'll just copy all of your ideas. And <laughs> there you go. That. We it can match. To, yeah, <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> no, it has to match your, uh, your style, uh, you know, your favorite pieces, your body shape, and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay, so Lisa, what happens if, like, like you were saying, what if you don't really want to do a clothing-based um, uh, challenge? Like, what are your other options? Uh, inst instead of like, uh, are, you do are we talking about the ground rules for buying less? Um, no, we're talking about like defining what categories you're dealing with. So, like, other things to you that you could you could start. Oh with. yes, yes, yes. So, food meal planning. Yeah, I know we had, um, and we'll reference back to our one of our first episodes was about um, how to smart um, shop smartly for your groceries yeah. and food. So, I know uh, Laura, you were, again <laughs> much more organized and you love meal planning. So, uh, we'll link back to the episode. But food is huge. There's tons of uh, food waste uh, in the country. I'm subscribed to Imperfect Produce. Big shout out to them. Yep. Um, they well, actually, they're called Imperfect Foods now. So they started with produce only, uh, and a lot of them is actually uh, taken from the stores that like kind of not well. The stores are not taking it because of some imperfections or there's too much of it, uh, of the food. And uh, having subscription has helped me, first of all, uh, eat less meat because I'm getting more vegetables, but also uh, made me aware of the amount of uh, food waste in the country. And it's, like it's right on their packaging. Yeah. So food is a great way. And then, yeah, talking about packaging, packaging uh, and plastic and zero waste, even like even when uh, you're taking, um, you're preparing your lunches for every day yourself, first of all, you're saving money. Again, we all love that. Uh, but also you're not uh, taking those to-go containers. Yep. Um, that's an easy one too, right, Lisa? And I think that's kind of the cool thing here is like you don't have to do something that's so dramatic. Um, you could really even say like to-go containers, I think are a great example. Like maybe you challenge yourself to not um, go out to eat every day and then bring it back to your desk. Like maybe you actually make yourself sit down so mm -hmm. you're not um, having to use containers. Maybe a side benefit is you get a little bit of time to chill instead of just like yes, going back to not work. In front of the computer, um, yeah. You know, what if you like coffee, right? Like what if you like to go out and get oh, um, yeah. a latte every day? Maybe instead of doing that, 
You could make your own coffee at home and kind of consume it when you're at home. So you save money, don't have a to-go container. Or if you don't like coffee, or sorry, if you don't like to make your own coffee, then you could just bring a keep cup with you, yeah. right? You and I love our keep cups. Exactly. And we'll talk about coffee actually in one of the upcoming episodes. So stay yeah. tuned for this. Um, yeah, we love coffee. <laughs> We're yeah. big fans. Yeah, but also when you're cooking lunches yourself, it's just healthier for you, quite honestly. You know, there you, you, go. Can, you control your diet and your calorie intake. So that's huge as well. Um, and yeah, keep cups. Uh, also, you can advocate by bringing your own uh, coffee containers, your own lunches at work. You can be an advocate of this in your office too, which is huge. Maybe if you have, you know, a small enough team uh, or, you know, your friends with the office manager, <laughs> you can convince them to, you know, buy a nice coffee machine for your office, which again will, uh, will create a lot of positive impact uh, that your office is making. There you go. I mean, for me, the thing that was so interesting when we were thinking about this episode was all of the side benefits that happen from this challenge. Like you yourself get a bunch of benefits, but like, I love what you're just saying. Like, what if you can create a big side benefit for everybody in your office? Like that's exciting. And maybe you can get everybody in the office to sign up with you. Right. That's cool. Yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with this challenge is actually talking about that. Um, it's great if you're tapping into like online community and people you don't know. Uh, but I mean, start with your own little community with your best friends. I think that makes it even more easier to, to commit to something like a, challenge and exactly yeah I mean we that's like one of our main tips once you've decided what challenge you want to do and where you want to focus your efforts on like tip number one is to just hold yourself accountable and the the you know sort of the the main thing underneath that is joining a group like Lisa just said actually they did um there was a big study that was uh published that we'll link to in the show notes actually found that if you um, are uh, com committing to someone. So you're either telling somebody that's in the challenge with you, or maybe you're just telling your husband or somebody that's close to you. Um, if you tell somebody, hey, I'm doing this challenge, you actually have a 65% higher chance of completing that goal. Um, and then if you actually follow up with this group or person regularly, so let's say, first you say, A, I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. And then B, you say, I'm going to check in with you once a week. Your chance of success actually goes up to 95%. Like that's crazy, right? Yeah. So shout out to a separate thing, a five minute journal uh, I'm doing. And exactly these numbers, statistics were right in the beginning of this is just like five minute gratitude journal. But again, um, you know, I gave this journal to Laura and uh, Midori, our producer. So again, and like you can text each other or whatever you do, you can sign up for the app. Yeah. And again, step into the larger online community. But again, starting with your personal network, it doesn't have to be huge, makes it so much more impactful in terms of like increasing your chances of actually going through with your challenge. Exactly. And we talked about, you know, joining an Instagram community, Facebook community. Um, and like, I think about Noom, um, Midori and I, Midori's mm -hmm. our producer, we have used Noom before and a concept around Noom, it's a weight loss app. And not only do you go through and do the normal things like, you know, categorizing what you ate that day and your goals and things like that, you actually could put into a small group of other people who are using Noom to lose weight. And that I'm sure they read that same study that we talked about when mm -hmm. they made this app to think about this community. So that's great. So join that group journal. Lisa, you want to talk a little bit more about journaling maybe, because I know that you're like really passionate about it. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, the five-minute journal, I think the beauty of it and the popularity is just about, like, gratefulness, basically. Um, but you can be journaling about anything. And, again, for me, I'm a huge, uh, you know, um, handwriting uh, notes person. Um, so, it's first of all, whatever, if I'm writing about something by, by hand, like, I just remember things better. And then once you put it on paper, that's, again, that makes you more accountable. Like I just said that and I didn't just think that I will do it. I didn't just say to myself that I will do it, but I put this as a goal on paper. It just makes it more important, you know? Absolutely. So, okay. So we've, we figured out what we're going to do. We've told people we're going to do it. Now we have to do it. Actually, one of my bosses would always say that. <laughs> he'd always say like, <laughs> do, uh, he'd say, figure out what you're going to do. Tell someone you're going to do it, and then do it. And then kind of repeat, rinse and repeat. So he, mm -hmm. he was always great about that. So, okay. You're in the challenge. Maybe you're the first week. You're you're going out strong. Um, what happens if something goes wrong? Like what 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 should you do if you find that you need to buy something? I think the tip that we have here is, you know, either before you get started, or you can you can do this halfway into the challenge. But make sure you define your exceptions. So mm -hmm. let's take the the very um, polar opposite of the spectrum where you said you're not going to buy anything at all for a whole year. There are mm -hmm. people that do this. Um, they blog about it. Highly recommend Googling it because it's pretty fascinating. But one of the things we found when we looked into this are people that have made the decision to buy nothing for a full year have absolutely created what they call an exceptions category. So there's going to be exceptions that, you know, you're going to have to buy things. So like, obviously like transportation, like gasoline, like obviously that's um, something yeah. you'd have to do. I mean, food, obviously, but they're taking it a step further before the non-obvious things. So for instance, um, you know, maybe you, um, your kid is really into um, dance. Um, they're, they're, you're a dance mom. You've got to buy costumes. You've mm -hmm. got to do that. So you, you're going to have to do that, right? You can't, you can't not. Now, maybe the challenge will inspire you to thrift these things or yeah, share these things. Yeah, or like make things. it by hands or yeah, like yeah. Uh, share it with friends. And then yeah. But yeah, exceptions, I think, are important. It's yeah. almost like, um, uh, not just exceptions, but giving yourself almost like a right to make a mistake. Exactly. I mean? Yeah, give yourself a break. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So if you do need to buy something in the course of these buy less challenges, hopefully you've got those exceptions defined. If not, then you can create them. And then we found this really interesting blog called Keep Thrifty. Um, and they had some really helpful ground rules um, for um, evaluating how you would buy something if you find that you have to buy something during this buy less challenge. Mm -hmm. So, um, Lisa, you want to get us started with a few of those? I think they're really yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, again, start with where you're at, right? So, and uh, see what you already have and uh, try to make the most use out of it. And of course, how do you do it? First of all, with clothing is just wear, wear out rule, right? Don't replace items until they no longer perform their function. Yep. So, a good example will be uh, my husband who has a Patagonia jacket and it's literally the only jacket he's been wearing for three years straight. Wow. Uh, so, <laughs> So, and we already Patagonia again, we give them a shout out like every other episode, but um, Patagonia has a lifetime guarantee. So basically you can send it for repair. So we already send it for repair um, and they send it to us back. But like, again, he's wearing it every single day. That's a lot. Like that's, that's awesome. Thousand wears. So uh, fix it, right? Fix yeah. it if it breaks, right? I'm sure he's, has he fixed it yet? Yeah, so we fixed it. That was like more than a year ago. So now we're finally ready to actually buy a new one. But like he, it's like you know, it's so thin uh, that we can't. He he's like, okay, I just have to do it. And again, shout out 
to Patagonia that do have, I think, maybe bi-yearly sales. Um, uh, right now, we are in February, they have a big, like, up to 50% off sale. Uh, if you want to, because their pieces are pricey, but they're absolutely quality. Absolutely. So fix it the second. Fix it, right? Yeah. Wear something out, fix mm -hmm. it repurpose it so like get creative with the stuff you already have like is there something that you have that you can use for another means instead of having to get another tool or another item um i talked a little bit another tip is buying things used so i talked like about how my husband has a ton of hobby stuff but he does use craigslist um and actually we had a really interesting question yeah. on our facebook group the other day um of an, from a new member who said she was looking into um getting new camera equipment and you know typically electronics camera um things included are usually made in relatively dubious supply chains they're Absolutely. made with very little transparency about what's going on in the process and so someone once asked us about a, a, a smartphone what they should do so the main thing that we we tell people is if you can't find a quality item where you know a quality new item excuse me um where you know what the supply chain looked like from beginning to end and you're comfortable with that and the materials, you can always buy secondhand. Like that actually creates, you know, a system where um, that former item doesn't go into the landfill, you get to have it. And so, you know, while it's not a perfect solution, it works really well. So like our, our um, feedback to her was, hey, check out Craigslist, try and go local, um, you know, maybe check out a thrift store. Um, but if not, then, you know, eBay or something like that can work well too. Exactly. And um, I want to also give a shout out to one of our listeners and scouts, Laura Byler. She also had another great um, idea that I haven't thought about. She suggested to check out REI.com, which is, you know, kind of like outdoor camping. Yeah, type of store, but uh, she said that they do have a whole section on photography equipment as well. Uh, but I want to also have a side note. It depends, of course, we in San Francisco are very uh, fortunate to have all these different options here. If you yeah. live in a more remote area, that becomes challenging. Uh, but that's also, I think, uh, kind of um, a, a pro, a vote for being part of online community. Um, you know, maybe you can be part of photographer community and people just like exchange uh, photography gear with each other. I love that idea, Lisa. It's like a, a lending, like a, it's like kind of almost like a clothing swap. Like we like to talk about, but it's like a gear swap. That's a really awesome idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I love it. Maybe they do it already. Maybe not, but I think that's, that's a great solution to her problem. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like that's almost our final tip, which is yeah. like, we like to talk about, you are not alone in this process. Like you have other people that are here to support you. Um, we're creating a group of change makers, but you already have your own community home at home too. So get creative, host a clothing swap, host a, um, a gear swap. If you find other people that are in the same space, like don't do it alone. Like make sure that you have partners in this, right? Yeah. One plus ones equals three, right? In any <laughs> situation like that. So yeah, don't do it alone. And we're here to support you. Uh, listen to the podcast, uh, be, uh, share content that we have on uh, brightly.eco, uh, join, join our Facebook group, DM us on Instagram. We are here to support you and we are here to hear from you. Absolutely. And let us know what challenge you're taking. Like let us know on all of those channels. Like we'd love to maybe join in on one with you and have fun. So thanks very much for listening guys. And Lisa, thanks for the great combo as always. Yeah, as always.
Thanks for joining us on another episode of Good Together. As always, you can get show notes and explore lots more content related to all things eco-friendly living by checking out brightly.eco slash podcast. And we're now live on YouTube. Just search for Good Together Podcast to get the video recording of this episode and more. While you're visiting, don't forget to join in on the conversation by leaving us a question through voicemail or giving us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, and all of the social channels. Our username is brightly.eco. Finally, we want to leave you with a reminder. Every day is a chance for you to create change, and you're already covered for today since you joined us here on the podcast. Stay kind and live brightly.